yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. It's going to be the ALCS we all really wanted to see. It's the one that the Yankee fans desperately chanted afterwards they wanted as they sent a message out to Jose Altuve. He only had one word in front of his name. And... It's a word that's a bad word. (laughs) And one they've chanted at him for a few years now at visiting ballparks. And in particular, from the Yankees. Yankees, Strohs, that's your ALCS. That's going to begin today. And it's really the American League Championship Series that we all wanted to see. And we kind of deserve to have. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you're bundled up this morning. Got a sweater? Wear it. Got a quarter zip? Wear it. Need to stumble through your closet with your flashlight on your phone to find a windbreaker? Go do that. It's very detailed what I just explained to you. Because exactly what happened this morning for yours truly. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined here by someone who apparently is from the Arctic Circle, producer extraordinaire Miss Hannah Five Names, who has a what I would describe as a fluffy throw blanket jacket. And she's got her Hogwarts scully on, warming up her head. And it's actually warmer in the producer studio than it is anywhere else. She's bundled up. I'm partially bundled up. But we're here to give you three hours of excellente sports talk. Got three guests for you today. Going to have the mad dog on, Ron Higgins, to talk LSU Ole Miss. Yeah, it's going to be a good one this weekend. That'll be at 7.30. At 8 o'clock, we'll talk to the longtime voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker. They're coming off a great road win. They're gearing up at home, Cajun Field, Saturday, to take on a rival, Arkansas State. That should be another good ball game this weekend. And then at 8.30, our buddy Andrew Juge, co-host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast and a contributor for the game, 103.7 and 104.1. Will join us to talk black and gold. So those are our three guests. We're also will have our roundtable foodie poll question of the week discussion with the producer extraordinaire, with Moses Campos, the intern extraordinaire, 
and the wild man, Steve Wiley. That'll be coming up later on on today's show. But, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Game hotline's always open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we're going to start off today's show talking baseball. American League ALDS gets delayed by a day due to weather in New York. So they finally get to wrap it up there in the Bronx yesterday afternoon. And credit the Yankees for a couple things. The pinstripers forced the game five a few days earlier. Garrett Cole had a phenomenal performance on the mound as New York gets the much-needed win to force a Game 5. And then he gets delayed by day. They have to play yesterday afternoon. But it didn't matter. Yankees are able to move on. John Carlos Stanton, whose playoff performances have been, let's just be fair, hit and miss. He puts the Yankees on the board first with a three-run blast in the game. And that's all they really needed in this ballgame. Guardians, scrappy. Guardians, well-coached. But the Yankee firepower was just too much. Aaron Judge also hits a home run as the Yankees go on to beat the Guardians 5-1. to one, And they move on. Now, there's a couple things that stand out to me. Yankees get tested. That's a good thing. When I'm thinking about this matchup with the Astros. Yankees get tested, get forced, uh, have to be forced to play in a game uh, game five. That means they're going to be focused. That means they're going to be razor sharp, ready to roll to take on the Astros. But the Astros were also pushed. Now, the Astros didn't need game five. They technically played... Really, let's be honest, four games because game three was 18 innings. And they were pushed by a divisional rival, the Seattle Mariners. We talked about it on Monday's show that you could argue that Seattle played better for 30 innings of that three-game series. So it's not as if the Astros slept walk and got into the ALCS. They were tested as well. What about the time off? And that's going to be the big question mark. Right? Strohs get three days off. Justin Verlander worked on some of his mechanics. Jose Altuve spent extra time in the cages. We've been told both of these things by reporters for the Houston Astros. So they've been working on stuff with the three days. But what about the Yankees? Having to play the extra games. Having to play a game on Tuesday, which doesn't wrap up until Tuesday evening. They celebrate. They have a great time. They're popping champagne. They're drinking beers. They're jumping up and down. They're having a blast in the clubhouse. Well, you still got to get on a plane, get cleaned up, get on a plane, and then take the red eye to get to Houston to play a game tonight tonight jet lag's really a thing 
I've been to Alaska twice. Trust me, jet lag's a thing. Now, that's going to be the interesting thing for me because does the couple days off, does that help the Astros? I think that it does. But I don't know if having to play on Tuesday necessarily hurts the Yankees. Because they could just build that momentum up from winning the series and roll into game one. The Astros are, let's be honest, in the heads of the Yankees. Make no bones about that. That's, That's a fact. They live kind of rent-free in New York's head for some reason. Now, that could have something to do with past playoff appearances, right? The Yankee fan and the Yankees themselves like to whine about 2017 and that if it wasn't for the trash cans, they would they would have been the ones to go to the World Series and blah, 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 blah. But for the third time since 2017, the Astros and Yankees are going to meet in the American League Championship Series. The Astros eliminated the Yankees from the postseason in 2015, in 2017, and 2019. Yankees' championship aspirations have come to a brutal end at the hands of the Houston Astros. Three times since 2015 that's happened. And another interesting wrinkle here is that the Astros are now in their sixth American League Championship Series. They played the Yankees in 17, the Red Sox in 18, the Yankees in 19, the Rays in 20, the Red Sox in 21, and now they'll play the Yankees this year. Every year that they've been in the ALCS, they've played a team from the American League East. In this run, they have not played another team, uh, another division. It's only been teams from the American League East. 17, of course, they beat the Yankees. They move on. They win the World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. 18, they lose to the Red Sox who are managed by Alex Cora. They have their own cheating shaws, if you will. They go on to win the World Series. 19, they beat the Yankees. They lose the World Series to the Washington Nationals, a team from the National League East. 20, they lose to the Rays. In 21, they beat the Red Sox, but then go on to lose to the Atlanta Braves from the National League East. This year, they face the Yankees, who they've eliminated three previous times, 15, 17, 19, in the playoffs. Oh, by the way, the team from the National League East that's playing in the NLCS that began yesterday. That's right. The other championship series began before one of the ALDS series ended. Phillies won last night. 
Kyle Schwarber hit a home run that's still waiting to land as it was a monstrous home run. They only got three hits, but they got the homer. As both Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber hit home runs, Wheeler was dealing for the Phillies, and Philadelphia defeats San Diego 2-0 in San Diego to open up the NLCS. The Phillies are from the National League East. I'm just, I'm just throwing out that out there. Something's going to give here. Astros during this run have gone to the World Series every other year. They've never gone back-to-back. Now they've gone to six straight ALCSs against teams all from the American League East. But they typically don't go to World Series back-to-back years. So do they break that little trend that they have? That's one thing. Two, can the Yankees finally get out of their heads and vanquish the team that has eliminated them in the postseason three of the last eight years? Will that change? Lots of interesting storylines here. The series begins tonight. (laughs) It begins tonight. Verlander will be on the bump for game one of the ALCS. And you're hoping that you're going to get vintage Justin Verlander. I'm talking during the regular season Verlander. I'm talking before the last five starts of his postseason career. Because when he first joined the Astros, he was unhittable. Last five starts, his ERA is 10. Hasn't won a game. So you don't, if you're Houston, you don't want to let New York come into your house, Minute Maid Park, after being forced to play their deciding game five a day later, come in, jet lag, no rest because they were partying last night by advancing, and come in and beat you in your house with your ace on the mound. Going to have to have a good performance from JV tonight. No doubt about it. Talon's going to pitch for the Yankees. That's going to be your matchup. 637 is first pitch. Of course, you can listen to it live right here on the game. Game one of the ALCS. By the way, game two of the National League Championship Series will actually be done before this one because that's going to be this afternoon at 3.30. So they'll have two games for the National League Championship Series already done before they even throw out first pitch for the first game of the ALCS. Yankees-Astros. It's the one Yankee fans wanted because they want to get revenge against Houston. It's the one Astro fans wanted because they've been living rent-free in the Yankees' head for a handful of years. As a baseball fan, you just want to see a great series. And I think we're going to get that. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Clay Higgins and I approve this message. 
RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, and I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tune in tonight starting at a special time, 5.30, for the McNeese Coaches Show, presented by Maplewood Burgers, Line of Bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gozzolo will be talking tonight with McNeese Athletic Director Heath Troyer. They'll be broadcasting live from Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road there in Lake Charles. So make sure to tune in tonight. For a special time for the McNeese Coaches Show, once again, starts at 5.30 to 6.30. And then that's going to hand it over to Houston Astros, New York Yankees, ALCS Game 1, first pitch, 6.37. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Every Wednesday, we do of poll question of the day but on wednesdays it's for the foodies and we've been doing a halloween candy one started it last week where we went with somewhat sour candy this week it's a little bit different once again this is all inspired by blind taste testing with my daughter and today's foodie poll question of the day is What's your favorite of these four Halloween candies? We made sure to put these in all caps to make sure people understood. But I have a feeling that you that she's already shaking her head. I, I haven't even looked at the comments yet, but I'm going to assume people are saying, I don't want to follow simple instructions. What is your favorite of these four Halloween candies? Is it Snickers? Is it Three Musketeers? Is it Milky Way? Or is it Twix? That's our foodie poll question of the week. It's our poll question of the day on Wednesday. Go vote on it. And before I get to the comments of people deciding not to follow simple instructions, I haven't even opened it up yet. I'm afraid to already. I want to go ahead and bring on the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, because when I sent her the options here, because this was inspired by the simple bite-sized bag that we bought for Halloween. By the way, I'll have to buy another bag because kind of put a hurting on it in the parts household. <laughs> when I listed the options, Snickers, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, Twix, you 
made a gross sound via text about three musketeers. I think the words you texted were, they're nasty. Yeah. You didn't like my options. I gave you options for chocolate candies and you went, no. And so you're, I'm sending you a video, an FME video, by the way. We discussed two weeks ago that the options for the poll question would be determined by the daughter who lives at the Parch compound in Sunset, Louisiana. We talked about this. No, we didn't. Yes, we did, because we said the poll question would be directly related to her blind taste testing. And that's why we had the options we had last week. And that's why we have the options this week. And that's why we'll have the options again next week. Okay, well, why don't I say Reese's? One of them has to be Reese's next week. Yes! You saved the best for last, you maniac! So so this weekend was kind of like more like chocolate, but it has a really good hint of caramel. Last yes. week was like sweet, kind of sour type stuff. So it means yes. that be all kind of peanut butter stuff. It could be. So like payday, Reese's. That's all I got. There we go. I don't know the other ones. Great job. <laughs> I don't know the other peanut butter ones. Reese's Pieces. Why are you? Are you? Uh, t- we haven't even started the show barely, and you're already on the the wrong the wrong side of the bed. Are you telling me? Are you going to try to bash Reese's Pieces? I'm not going to bash them. They just I'd rather Reese's over Reese's Pieces. But the the disgusting sound you made would indicate that you don't like Reese's Pieces because even Moses over there reacted to you going. Ugh. Right into the microphone. Yeah, because I think about how Reese's, they're like, you know what? We have Reese's Pieces. We have Reese's. Let's put them together. No, we don't need to do that. Reese's are good by themselves. You don't need the pretzel and the M&M and the Reese's Pieces in there. M&M's are a different candy? There's one that has M&M's inside the Reese's. I know it. As I yell at you with my brush. So, let's get back focused here. Focus, yes. Three Musketeers are nasty. Why? Why are you hating on the Three Musketeer? Well, they're the only ones that have caramel in them, by the way. I do have caramel in them, and I just, I'm special. But I don't like Three Musketeers. Snicks all the way. Why Why you have beef with Three Musketeers? Explain. They're just nasty. Why are they nasty? They taste like air. They're fluffy. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it? No. Don't you like have to it. eat like multiple of them when you can eat like a Snickers. You eat like one bar of Snickers and you're like good. I see. For a little while. I see. For a little while. Yeah. I like candy. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth has literally steered me to like push me from my back so that I don't stop at the candy spot in Walmart. Right now, leading the vote is Twix with 53% of the vote. goes to Snickers, 13% for Milky Way, 7% for Three Musketeers. Let's get to some comments here. So, RP3, you decided, again, not to put other as an option. That being said, the best of the options you put, you got to go with is Snickers. That being said, Payday and Butterfingers are better than all of them. (laughs) Got to love John Paul. I mean, really... Milky Way and Three Musketeers. Any candy bar with cocoa-flavored air as a filler should not be on this list. 
side not you think the Saints will let Hill drive the struggle bus tomorrow night? Come on, take some time. I don't think so. Andy practiced too, so I think they're going to use Taysom, but I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback. No, they're going to use all of them. They're going to use all three quarterbacks. Why not? <laughs> YOLO. That worked out last year when they used all their quarterbacks. <laughs> JPK, the OD, says, got to go with the Twix. Honorable mention to the Swedish fish. They're kind of like Olympic curling. You only see them one time of the year, but you somehow are drawn to them. I love some Swedish fish. Yankee snicker that the Strohs are on their heads. Judge, Stan, and Rizzo, the three musketeers, will send balls to the Milky Way. They send the Strohs fishing with a bag of Twix. Hashtag pinstripes. Hashtag go Yanks. Steve's Steve's proud of himself for that one. Steve <laughs> Steve's proud of himself for that one. Uh, they, they are in their head, by the way. They, they are. They're airheads. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Han, right in, Almond Joy, bringing the chaos. For sure, Twix out of these four, but only the left Twix. The right tastes like candy corn. That's that's a good one. I like that. Joe Colas says, no Reese's on the list of options. This poll is illegitimate. On top of that, it's outrageous, outrageous, and preposterous. I'm calling my lawyer immediately. It's Y'all are just special. I'm just going to leave it at that. Y'all are You're special. special. We we talked about this. I don't know when you you discussed with me that it was going to be based on your daughter's blind taste testing every week. I know it was the last, the last month one. or so. The, the closer we get to your wedding, the more things you forget we discuss. I, I am not okay. James and Matt. Don't put don't no 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 don't no. Know. They're not planning a wedding. They're not obsessing they, no, but they about are their more nuptials. forgetful than I am. I'm not the boys. I am not the boys. Time out. Time out. Time out. That's a great deflection by you, by the way. <laughs> I bring up something that you're doing, and you say, oh, well, it's not as bad as someone else. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, you're not eight. We're not talking about your sibling. <laughs> we'll have more Halloween candy questions next Wednesday. I'm just saying you never sent me the video, though, so. I know, because I went to sleep. Oh, you can't say I sent you the video. And then not send it to me. Mm. Hey, That's Moses, how do you feel about being on the microphone and running a show? You know what? <laughs> He's sitting right there. I know Let's he go is. Back. Let's go back when you were an intern. Moses, have I told you this story? I'm going to tell it again and just in case you weren't paying attention because that's going around these days. So you sat there on your first day of your internship mm -hmm. and when the microphone got opened up to you and i said put you on the mic you sat there next to poor lewis prejean and said i want your job i'm coming for your job mm -hmm. and i texted him the day i got the job and i said i got your job i just like to point out you have another intern sitting right next to you mm -hmm. and i'll groom him into be me but he got coming coming me yet not yet. Not yet. Moses, are you not Hannah yet? Not yet. <laughs> see? He's not even shaking his head or anything. There he you said go. not oh. yet. He's air quoting it. He I see him behind me. <laughs> it's a glass. I can still see. He's still got reflection there, bud. <laughs> oh, I love this show. <laughs> we got to take a time out. So salty. You know, of all the interns we've had... Of all the interns we've had,
since Hannah took over, this is the one that she's gotten the most salty with. And Moses just gives her salt back. It's a yeah. good little dynamic here. Yeah. So if you were to leave, I would I would just become the host, and then he'd become the producer over here. So him and I would be like a fourth. It'd be like you and I, just in closer in age. Go vote on that poll question of the day. Do it. But follow instructions. They don't want to. No. They're like children. They're like my children. <laughs> Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, you maniacs. Can't follow simple instructions. Unbelievable. We got more of RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a brand new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. And there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out there and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Wants to remind you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Major League Baseball playoffs. Whew. Finally got the ALCS decided. That'll be tonight. Once again, first pitch between the Yankees and the Astros will be at 637. NLCS begins with the Phillies, with Wheeler pitching a gym, shutting out the Padres in San Diego. Game two will be this afternoon. And, of course, we have our foodie poll question of the week, which is up today. It's about Halloween candy. Apparently, no one wants to follow instructions. That includes the producer and you, the listener. So shout out to y'all for creating chaos with something that is adorable for my daughter. Appreciate that. Thanks for that. Shout out to all of y'all. Thanks. Good job. Great job. Keep it up. Speaking of things that need work, how about the New Orleans Saints? They're taking on the Arizona Cardinals Thursday night football. Quick turnaround for both teams, just not the Saints. But the Saints are coming off another just awful performance. Losing to a team that they should have should have beaten. But they decided to go with the bold approach of saying, no, 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 no. I don't want to do any of that. Let me just lose yet again. It's a frustrating team for sure. 
frustrating start to the season as well. That said, as I've said before, they're only a game out of the division. And unbelievably, because of how bad the NFC is, combined, combined, NFC South, NFC North, NFC West, three divisions have one team above 500, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. That's it. That's it. So as bad and as atrocious as they have looked, and they've looked plenty bad and atrocious so far, this team inexplicably still has an opportunity to get back in the division, to still be a playoff team, believe it or not. It would go a long way for that to actually become a reality and just not a pipe dream if they could, you know, win a game. Would be helpful. Maybe win a couple games in a row. That would even be more helpful. But let's take a baby step and get the first game. And that'll be tomorrow night, Thursday night, in the desert for Thursday night football. And... There is some positives positives for this New Orleans Saints team. They've figured out how to run the football in recent weeks, haven't they? Been able to run the ball very well, using Alvin Kamara, using their platoon of backs. They're also using the screen game as well, which is essentially them utilizing their running game. And they've been good at that of late. That's been a nice wrinkle for this offense, which has struggled to get going. P. Carmichael was asked yesterday during media availability, why has the run game all of a sudden been so good for this team? Well, I think our guys up front, you know, I I go back to the beginning of the season, and again, we have run the ball pretty well. I think going back to the beginning of the season, I think some of that came down to, you know, turnovers and third downs where we didn't have as many opportunities to uh, get as many run plays called as we'd like to. But I think that our guys up front, Our tight ends, those guys, and the running backs, they're playing well. I think we're blocking well on the perimeter as well. I thought the game plan to establish the run has been good the last couple of weeks. I thought their game plan was pretty good for the most part against Cincinnati until the fourth quarter came, and all of a sudden, P. Carmichael, I don't know what he was doing. And one of the big questions that came out of that was Rashid Shaheed because he got the ball, remember? 44-yard touchdown, right, on the end around. Coming off the practice squad, you're down your top three wide receivers. No Mike Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, no Chris Olave. They can't go to due to injury. You're having to depend on Callaway and Traquan, and they bring up Rashid, and they get him in open space, and he scores a touchdown. And what happened after he scored that 44-yard touchdown? Well, he did get the ball again. Pete Carmichael tried to explain why that happened. Well, I think I think as we went into the game, we had him on some 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 packages, uh, whether those were called uh, or they were called, but just the ball didn't go his way. So I think that uh, I think it was just kind of the way the game went. You know, call me. I don't know. Silly. We'll say that. I I just think, you know, 
when you got guys on the field, hear me out here, because this is going to be, this is going to knock your socks off. You're going to fall out your chair. Maybe, maybe, just hear me out. When you have someone that scores a sensational touchdown, maybe you should make it a priority, hear me out, to give them a couple more plays to see if they can score again. I, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. I know that's dangerous. I struggle to put on my pants every, or every morning, so me saying things like this could be too bold. Yeah, yeah, designed to play for him. He scored on a 44-yard touchdown run. And you're like, hey, Rashid, great job. Thanks for the, uh, you know, thanks for going out there, doing your job, putting points on the board, and we're just not going to give you the ball the rest of the game, okay? We're going to see if this, this, we're going to see if this gamble works out for us. I, I will point out to everyone again listening. Do not forget that earlier in the year when Dennis Allen took the job as head coach, they had a conversation with Pete Carmichael, the longtime OC and quarterback coach under Sean Payton. And what did we we heard reports of? He said, I don't want the job. Pete Carmichael turned down the job, said I wasn't interested in the job. He wanted to remain on staff, but not as the OC. I wonder why. Maybe he knew something we didn't. Just saying. Oh, sometimes that's just how the game goes. Dude, you're calling the plays. You're the play caller. You're the one holding up the laminated sheet. How do you mean? That's just how the game goes. It isn't like you had a bunch of different options. You had to throw the ball to Callaway and Traquan Smith. Actually, you were down your top four wide receivers because Deontay Hardy couldn't play. The things that come out of these guys' mouths, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael in particular, you just go, really? Really? Uh, really? It's just, it's just it's just how the it's just how the game went. I I, I don't know. Um, um, yeah, we got to be better. Woof. Now, defensively, this team could get a shot in the arm. Alante Taylor could be back. The rookie that they're very high on, the versatile guy that can play corner, can play free, can play strong safety out of Tennessee and looks like he's going to be cleared to play and he was asked straight up what can you bring to this team on Thursday night my physicality um you know I see a lot of people talking about tackling uh, I feel like I can do that really well as well uh so you know just having that chip on my shoulder I feel like I'm gonna go out there and you know just execute my part of the game um and help the defense that's what I want to hear what are you going to bring to the table? He said, I heard people talking about tackling being an issue. I got that. I'm going to bring physicality. I got that. I'm going to help my team win. I got that. This guy's healthy. I want to see him on the field. Because right now, what he brings to the table has to be better than what the Honey Badgers brought to the table because Tyron Matthew hasn't done anything. He's been a ghost 
out there getting a paycheck. A key for the Saints will be getting turnovers, and Taylor spoke about the secondary's job to make sure that happens. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're a secondary that we felt like we can have a lot of turnovers. Uh, we fell short there, but you know we always harp on that, um, and that's something that we continue to practice. Uh, I feel like those things will come, and I don't know, I just feel I'm going to bring a little bit more juice, so maybe we can uh, get, get excited about that. They need something. They need a shot in the arm. They need to get their head out of the sand and get it together. That's the coaching staff and this team. Because if this team wants to not be terrible, it's got to start tomorrow night in the desert. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one. Hopefully, maybe. Are you ready in there? Are you having too much of a good time with Moses? I'm just, just checking. But I'm sorry, what now? I can't I can't understand your hand signals. And it's it, it was I got distracted. I got distracted because of trying to hit the break. Because I had someone in my face with a camera, so I don't know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> you see how this works? Yeah, yeah. Today's not the day. Wrap up hour number one coming up right here on RP3 and Company, led by new producer extraordinaire Moses Campos, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs> Poll question of the day. It's a good one. Five Names is excited about it. Moses is excited about it. They can't wait to talk about it. It's what is your favorite of these four Halloween candies? These is in all caps. But you guys decided not to. Right now, 44% of you are saying Twix. I'm a little surprised by Twix winning the vote. 28% of you say Snickers. I thought Snickers would be winning. 17% 17% say Milky Way, 11% say Three Musketeers. Got some great comments so far from you guys. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well. It's our foodie poll question of the week, which is always our poll question of the day on Wednesday. That's going to do it for our number one. Our number two coming up right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. You know what I should have done? I should have brought some Halloween candy today. Fail by me. RP3 let down the team. Let down the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Let down the intern extraordinaire, Moses Campos. I did not let down Steve Wiley yet. I feel like like he's going to come with some bold and daring take about the candy. Like he'll want to talk about I don't know, salmon or something else. I don't know. You know I can't hear you if you don't turn on your microphone. 
you do. You He's do. a chocoholic, so he'll love this poll question because he loves chocolate. There we go. There we so go. You can't let him down, but then you let him down when I bring in the candy. But we <laughs> want to say you had a thought to bring in the candy, and you didn't bring the candy. Yeah, I thought I thought about it, and then I was like, I, I was going to, and then I let that let let out the dog this morning to go to the bathroom, and I didn't realize how cold or cool it was going to be outside, and I was like, whoa! And then I forgot about the candy and got my jacket, yeah. and that was my focus. And then coming here on time to to work this beautiful collaboration that is RP3 and Company with Hannah Boba Bobana. Hey, Whoa. we haven't talked about this yet. Oh, okay. What are you dressing up for as Halloween? Because uh, the wife is ordering my costume today. By the way. Oh. Um. So I I think because I though I have cannot wear glasses. I don't have any reason to wear glasses. I am trying to be Velma because she wears glasses. Because I think I like look so cute in glasses. But after kindergarten, somebody stole my glasses I had. I've got better eyesight. I don't know how that works. But like they stole glasses in my book bag in like kindergarten. And somehow my eyesight got so much better after that. So I can't wear glasses. So that's my way of getting into it. So I'm going to be Velma for Halloween. But you have long hair. So how are you going to be Velma? You mean Velma from Scooby-Doo, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vilma has a bob. I'll put it in my shirt like the, the chick from uh, Purple Hearts did. I don't, I don't know that reference. It's a movie. It okay. just came out like this year. Okay. Makes you cry. You should watch it. I On Netflix. I can't wait not to watch it. Okay, I'll tell Tina. <laughs> Text her right now. It's bad enough. I had to go to the movie theater with my wife to watch where the crawdad sing or crawfish sing. How was it? It was okay, I guess. And didn't you watch Marry Me too, as well? Didn't Shaky make to watch Marry Me, or is that just me? No, that's just you. Oh yeah, make make Kenneth watch it with me. No, said it was good. That's that that's the J Lo as a star mm-hmm. marrying a lovable school teacher and Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, that's believable. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's just I mean, not. Isn't she marrying like Affleck or something now? Yeah. Or is married to Affleck? Again, or they they're engaged or are they married now? I don't know. The, the, I don't know. I can't. I can't keep up with things. I can't keep up with things. There we go. There we go. Poll question of the day is our foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite of these four Halloween candies? Is it Snickers? Is it Three Musketeers? Is it Milky Way or is it Twix? Plenty of comments. Plenty of comments about candies that are not on the list, which. Y'all never change. <laughs> just never, just never change. Just never change. Y'all are just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Ton, I am allowed to bash candy that I don't like. It is allowed. It's not because my Mariners got eliminated. I am fine with that. Does everyone think thinking. Does everyone think that you're edgy because your Mariners were eliminated? Can, do we need to take a moment to explain no. this again? Yeah, they don't understand. Okay. All right, we're going to take care of this right now. Okay. All right. So, we've established this before, but maybe you weren't listening that day. Which, you know, we're not going to pass judgment. You know, you have responsibilities, kids and wives and work and all. Maybe you missed it. That said, she is not salty about her team being eliminated. It's her first year as a fan of the Seattle Mariners. They got to the postseason for the first time in 21 years. They went on the road and won a series and then went toe-to-toe with 
the team that's been the most consistently dominant team of the last six years in Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros. She's good. They have a nice young core. They're building something there in Seattle. They're going to be a problem for the Astros, okay? We, you can spend all the time talking about the fighting MVPs all you want. It's really going to be Seattle who's going to be the team that's going to be the thorn in the Astros side for the years to come, not the Angels, sorry. Yeah. And not the Rangers either. It's, it's, it's going to be Seattle because they seem to have their act together. So I think people are confusing you feeling like you're the female Kevin Foote. No. No, 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 no. She is not the female Kevin Foote. I, I would I, I don't know what I did myself. I was the female Kevin Foote. Um I, I don't know how Michelle does it. Michelle does a great job. Shout out to you, girl. Dealing with foot every day. The man already says I have a heart attack because of his saints. I said, Yeah, you probably will. Uh VM she's on side by. It's fine. But no, I I am fine. Did I already have my people think I'm not a true fan yet because I just picked him this year? I am a true fan. I did pick him this year. I picked it before the season started. I didn't get no bandwagon. I am peachy keen. It sucks that we lost, but I know that we did really, really well. We fought the Astros the entire three games. We were leading 30 out of 36 innings. Our starting pitcher caught 200 and I mean starting catcher he had 236 pitches to him with a torn with a broken thumb and torn ligaments in his hand still doing okay somehow and our bullpen is going to get better and we have Luis Castillo and Julio for the next like five years so we're going to get there my only concern is your skipper is eh. yeah <laughs> not great <laughs> Scotty was underneath the lovely Dusty Baker and even to go <laughs> hang out with Baker a little bit longer and learn some stuff from him he was it was better. it was not great. No. Hannah's not salty about her Mariners. Hannah's not salty. No, I'm not. She's just having a good time. Yeah. She's just making sure that the intern understands his role. Yeah. He's got it. That she's the boss. Mm-hmm. He's the intern. Yep. That's what it boils down to here. Yep. People. I can't groom him by him just taking my job. That's not how that works. You can't learn anything if he just comes to the becomes me because no one can become me like that takes a minute there's only one you though there is only one me there's only one you only one you five names astros yankees that's going to be our alcs that's the alcs that most people wanted to see it's the one the yankees wanted it's the one the astros wanted astros fans wanted it's the one i guarantee you major league baseball wanted Astros eliminated the Yankees in 15, 17, 19 in the playoffs. Can this Yankees team get over the hump? Now, they've added a couple of pieces in the last couple of years since the last time they faced off with the Astros in the playoffs. They got former Astro starting pitcher, Garrett Cole. They got World Series champion with the Chicago Cubs, Rizzo. So they've added a few pieces. Aaron Judge has also blossomed into one of the best players in baseball. He will be your most valuable player this year. So is this Yankees team different? Can they finally get over the hump against the Yankees? Against the Astros, rather. Can the Yankees get over the hump against the Strohs? And if you're Houston... Can you 
get there because during this run, now six straight ALCS appearances, it's been every other year there's been a World Series, 17, 19, 21. They've never gone back-to-back. Can they do it? And they were the better team against the Yankees during the season. They were 7-2 and two against them in the nine games they played. Two of those wins, the two wins for the Yankees, were walk-offs. Can the Astros keep it going? Can Jose Altuve get on track? He plays extremely well against the Yankees. He went over against in the series against Seattle. We're going to find out. It's going to start today, tonight. Yankees, Astros, live from Minute Maid Ballpark. First pitch is at 637. You can listen to the game right here. Game one of the American League Championship Series will be right here on the game. We're going to have the Meet East Coaches show from 530 to 630 at a special time with Jim Gazzolo chatting it up with McNeese Athletic Director Heath Schroyer. And then it's going to switch over to Astros pregame and then first pitch for the ALCS at 637. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Martin to the show. Martin, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind? Good morning, bald and beautiful one. So I want to start off by saying I know the exact reason why Hannah Pod Miss Pod names producer extraordinaire is salty. And that is because uh, I think it was last night, it was the start of the NBA season, and we all know how much she despises the NBA. That's the exact reason why. One, because uh, her Mariners got eliminated. Uh, and, it wasn't, and, and, and it wasn't because she had to deal with my shenanigans early in the morning either, right, Martin? Exactly. I mean, you, you're just a ray of sunshine in the, uh, in the morning. I mean, how could she get mad at you in the morning? I'll tell you what, anytime she gets mad at you, you give me a call, and the vice chancellor will, will settle that for you. But anyway, um, so uh, I think the Astros, like I always said, I'm a Red Sox fan before anything, but I do like the Astros as well. I don't have nothing against them. But, I mean, if you look at this Yankees team, um, they struggled against a, a bad-hitting Cleveland team. The only, the only thing that got Cleveland into the postseason was their pitching. But, uh, I think the Astros, I'm not going to say sweep, but uh, I think the Yankees will give them a little fight, but I think Astros going to the World Series. I think it's going to be the Astros and the Padres, buddy. But, uh, Appreciate the phone call, Martin. Got, but uh, tell Hannah five names uh, to hang on, hang in there, that the NBA season will be over in uh, in July or June or whenever it's over. <laughs> she got a few months to go. Thank you for the phone call, Martin. Have a great day, buddy. Yes. <laughs> I believe Martin is Hannah's favorite caller. think so. I think that may be the case. She doesn't want to admit to it, but I think so. Doesn't want to admit to it. Just saying. Just saying. It's going to be a great week, right? We got... ALCS Game 1 tonight, Beneath Coaches Show from 530 to 630. Then ALCS Game 1, Yankees Strohs. Then tomorrow night, we'll have Game 2 of the ALCS on our sister station, News Talk. We'll have Saints-Cardinals live Thursday night football here. Then we got Friday night football Friday, LSU football versus Ole Miss. Got a great weekend of programming coming up here on the game. 
I'm afraid to see my mommy and my Grammy on Saturday. You're afraid? No, I'm ready. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I thought you were afraid because you're making ridiculous bets and stealing money from your grandmother. No. Moses, did you know that, that she takes money from her grandma? I heard, and it's not a small amount. I can't hear yeah. Moses. He says not a small amount either. He heard that. 100 bucks. Been the way for four years. There we go. There we go. Learned something new about Hannah. She likes stealing money out of her grandma's purse. That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> we got to take a time out. Oh, man. Wednesdays is nothing but shenanigans. When we return, we'll update the poll question of the day. And we'll talk about a show that Hannah and I are now watching at the same time. It was a special two-night event. We'll recap that coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana. And they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. As you've heard me tell you before, Lafayette Marble and Granite provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, and even your man caves. LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their grout-free showers. That's right. No muss, no fuss. And guess what? After a couple years, you don't have to worry about any odor coming from the grout in your shower. Make sure to visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services Chris and his team have to offer. Great products as well. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday, which, by the way, is today. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their soon-to-be-renovated showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford in the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Let's talk a little New Orleans Saints football before we get to DWS recap. Right? Did I do the, the letters right there? I feel like I'm close. D-W-T-S. Oh, I've, oh I'm, I'm new to all of this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, we'll get to the DWTS recap. But we have to kind of share what I heard here. Ryan Nielsen. He's part of the coaching staff there with the New Orleans Saints, as we know. And I, I've talked about this off the air with some folks, and I want to bring it to the table here. And we're going to bring it up with Andrew Juge later on as well. Ryan Nielsen, the co-defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. We were told that this team was supposed to be led by its defense. We were told that this team was going to be dominant on the defensive side of the football. They're not a dominant defense. 
There's not. They don't consistently get pressure on the quarterback. Cam Jordan seems to be the only defensive lineman that can get pressure. Davenport is a no-show. Peyton Turner does not play in games. You spent a first-round pick on him out of Houston, and he's either injured or sometimes is a healthy scratch, which is never a good sign for a second-year player. David Onyemata has been a no-show. You get great play out of your linebackers and Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Pete Werner, who's emerging as the you know anchor for the linebacking core for years to come once Demario retires. But the secondary has not been good. You let Chauncey Gardner-Johnson walk. You trade him for nothing. You should have traded him earlier. You bring in Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. You bring in Marcus May. May's been banged up. Tyron Matthew looks like he's sleepwalking out there, missing tackles, and I don't see a guy that really, really is interested in playing. Paulson Adebo has not been good in year two. I was told that he was supposed to be a really good cornerback. I don't see it. And Lattimore, who was injured last week, yeah, He would have helped out, but with the exception of the Tampa Bay game, he hasn't played well either. And this is a team that was supposed to be led by its defense because the head coach was the longtime defensive coordinator, and you thought the defense would be good to go. But when you score 26 points like they did last week in last week's game and you still lose, that's on your defense. Sorry, it just is. We can talk about getting touchdowns instead of field goals, and we can talk about the offensive play calling, which was suspect late. We can do that all day long. But there has to be some accountability here for the Saints' defense as well because it has not been dominant. It has not been what it should be, and that's been a big surprise. And Ryan Nielsen was asked, the co-defensive coordinator of the Saints yesterday, has the defense been making enough plays so far this season? I think we're trying to. Um, I think you can always make some more plays. Um, been the focus of the last couple of weeks is, you know, do your job, you know, make the play that you're supposed to make. And uh, when we do that, you know, we, we've had some success. But, uh, you know, we're just fundamentals technique. You know, stay with that energy, effort. Uh, you know, it's a short week, so we got an opportunity to get back out there and, and uh, correct some of the things that happened from last game. You're a veteran team. This is a veteran team. a veteran team and you're talking about fundamentals and technique well we just haven't made enough plays well why you're that side of the football is filled with all the veterans and we're getting excited because Alante Taylor the rookie may get a chance to play and thinking that he may be better than the veterans they have and he's a rook oh I just don't know. I just don't know. Turnovers would be good. If they could get more of those, it would be really good. He talked about that as well. Yeah, I think you just got to stay the course. You know, it's it's uh, it's a long season. You know, it's it's early, you know, but uh, you know, also, you know, we, we don't want this thing to get away from us either. And, you know, so it's it's been just, hey, let's just do do our job. Be where you're supposed to be, and then when your chance is to make the play, make the play. You know, so um, we've got good enough players and, and coaching staff and everything to get this thing right. It's just you know, stay the course and, and nobody panic. 
maybe there should be a sense of urgency though, since you're no, you're two and four. Just throwing it out there. I love the laid back vibe of the Saints coaching staff with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael and Ryan Nielsen. Hey, you know, we just got to put it together. I mean, uh, it's five by five. We'll get there. We'll be fine. Whew. Man, if they, if, if they don't win tomorrow night, it's going to be two and five. I'm calling in to work <laughs> if we don't win. Oof. Oof. I mean, they're talented enough, allegedly. Allegedly, they're talented enough. Two-night event wrapped up last night. As everyone knows, yours truly and Hannah Five Names, we watched The Dancing with the Stars. My wife enjoys the show thoroughly. We've gotten our daughter involved. I'm like, fine, okay. (laughs) So I watch Monday Night Football typically on my phone is what I do. While we have Dancing with the Stars, because now it's on Disney Plus and they stream it live on Monday nights. So that's what we deal with now. So this was a special two night event. Yes, it was. So it was your most emotional year or whatever on, on night one. And I called it, by the way, and I called it that Selma Blair would not be able to finish the season. He did. When you started seeing her with the cane in, like, the practice video montages and she had her her dog there, her, her service dog, you're like, no. And sure enough, it was a big emotional night. They gave her a dance. They gave her all tens on Monday. Spoiler alert if you didn't watch the first night. <laughs> it was a nice emotional moment. But that means they didn't eliminate anyone on night one. Night two was prom, and everyone got to recreate their prom, but half the people didn't go to prom, so it was whatever. Or said they're going to prom and then actually didn't go to prom? Yes, or didn't go to prom. And then they had the dance-off at the end. Yeah. Biggest surprise was I thought the guy that that got sent home. Joseph. Joseph, Arnold Schwarzenegger's illegitimate son, is, I didn't think he'd probably deserve to go home, but now we're at the point of the competition where people at the bottom from the judges that had the least amount of points are being saved because people are voting for them. Mm -hmm. So the best combination of dancer star is not getting to stay on the show now because their fans vote for them. I love Vidi from the Jersey Shore, but he was at the bottom, and he wasn't even in the bottom two because of fan voting. Yeah. I also didn't like Heidi's dance. Heidi was also in the bottom two. I didn't care for her dance. It wasn't that great. I will also, what I what I told you this, and I text you did this, and I, t- I me and my wife discussed this. Yes. So, Heidi, who, by the way, is from Lafayette. Yeah, with Lafayette High. Yes. She's the mother of that reality show that I don't know the name of. The D'Amelio Show. It's our last name. There we go. Thank you. I have struggle. The daughter is the TikTok sensation mm-hmm. who Sorry. just graduated high school or is still in high school or whatever. So 
her daughter's the best the best star dancer. Like she's the one that you look at and go, she could be a professional dancer. Like she's that good. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I still say the same thing I said from week one, and we're halfway through now. There's three contenders, and then there's everyone else. Yeah. Okay? It's the TikTok girl. It's the Bachelorette. And it's Wayne Brady. Those are your three. Gabby, Charlie, and Wayne. Yes, and they're all paired up with Mirrorball champion dancers Mm -hmm. as well. So those are your three contenders, and they've all had tens the last two nights as well. So that's the cream of the crop. What I think's going on with Heidi, mm-hmm. TikTok girl's mom, is I think people don't like the fact that she's on the show with her daughter. I think there's some feelings of she's stealing her daughter's thunder. She's only famous because her daughter's famous. And she's riding the coattails of her daughter who's actually the star, the real star of that reality show, and she's the social media superstar. And I think you're seeing that because her routine wasn't very good, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some of the others based on what the judges ruled, yet she was in the bottom two because I think fans aren't voting for her. Yeah. I mean, I gave her one of my votes. Um, I definitely do text in. I do. I'm not going to be hiding about it. I definitely do text in there. Definitely text Charlie's name like four times because I just love her dance because she also has some dance background as well. So with some of that dance background and then with TikTok, it's very much a video platform. So she does a lot of the dances that they do, which are a lot of the challenges now. And she's able to make those facial expressions. So I think it comes out in her dance. But I think what we talked about at the beginning of the season of how she's going to get to a point where she's been doing so well, she's kind of like stunted and she's been like kind of like in this the spot because Carrie Ann said it she said I'm seeing that you're you have these high expectations for yourself and we see that in you but now it's like we need a little bit more like we need like that half inch to grow you're halfway because through she's like getting there they want to push her I, I I said I don't know if her ceiling is as high as the bachelorette her floor is high but her ceiling may not be as high right so that's going to be that's going to be interesting I still I still like Wayne Brady I, I, that's who I picked before the start of the before yeah. watching any of the dances. That's who I picked with my wife. So we'll see. And then they 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 send it on. But next week is Michael Bublé night. It is Michael Bublé night, and we're actually going to try to do a Twitter space. Do we do a Twitter space before after the show or like during the show? I got to figure all that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. You'll <laughs> test that on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yes, with the Twitter. But I, I definitely did going back to you on Monday nights. I definitely did cry at least four or five times. Um, related to my favorite dance was the Charlie's was Charlie's dance because I kind of relate to it because I do suffer from some anxiety and as well as depression that I've been going through for six years but like it's somewhere where I can manage it now and I can have control of it so like I was like bawling my mom called me and I'm she's like what is wrong with you I said I'm watching dancing with the stars she she goes okay yes and you texted me and you're like I'm crying and I was like sorry (laughs) I didn't know what so to do. I didn't know what to do with it that. It was so sad. Oh. But, yes, I, it's it's going to be fun times. I'm going to see what the songs that come out with for Michael Bublé. I bet you it's going to be something that's reminiscent of a Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin song um, because that's what, you know, Michael's built his career on, yeah. which is great, by the way. All right, we got to take a timeout. Enough with our Dancing with the Stars recap. We're going to talk LSU football with the mad dog, Ron Higgins. That's next. 
He'll join us from Tiger Details. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. What a great Tiger. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the mad dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. It's time to talk to the mad dog, Mr. Ron Higgins. Good morning, sir. How are you, brother? I don't know, man. I went to the coffee pot and, and, and you know, I thought about, you know, maybe this was the day I tried for a punt returner at LSU, but I fumbled my coffee cup. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to the special teams because, well, they, special? special teams? Special? They've been special, special about them. Go ahead. They've been awful. They've been, they have been awful, absolutely awful. The uh, just, just dreadful, just dreadful. All right, let's talk about the positives. They go on the road a week after getting stomped by Tennessee. They go on the road, and look, th- this is probably not going to be a great Florida team, but they get tested. Jane Daniels looks phenomenal, and they overcome some bad special teams play to get a win on the road in the swamp. That's hey. Hey, that's a good win. It's a very good win. Uh, I think Jay Daniels finally showed what he can he can do when he overcame his fear of flinging. You know, got it downfield. I mean, he's got an arm, and he he let his receivers make plays. He put the ball into tight spaces. He he threw it up for grabs. Let him go get it. Uh, it's what you got to do. You got to trust your receivers. Uh, and, and he did that, and it's amazing what happens when when, when you do that. Uh, uh, he does have a strong arm, and he just got to let it rip. And he he finally let it rip. And, and for LSU's uh, sake, thank God, because uh, uh, that was a win that they needed to kind of give them some confidence uh, going down the you know the back half of the season. It, it just uh, you, you score six straight t- touchdowns on drives, and then. This is a, a team, of course, that, uh, you know, had trouble scoring in the first quarter, of the first quarter and a half in most games. And it just kind of goes to show what happens when uh, you finally overcome your fear, listen to your coach, and, and, and let's let it go. I mean, and that was the difference in the game, really. I mean, they, and uh, LSU's defense, it, it, it played okay. It had its moments where it just wasn't very good. Uh Gave up a couple of big plays, but you can afford to do that if your offense is playing, you know, pretty well, which is what happened. They were able to run the ball as well. Uh, Josh Williams, the former walk-on, led the team in rushing, and they did a nice job with running the football and didn't have to depend on Jaden to do it. Now they also got Will Campbell back, who was offensive lineman of the week after being hospitalized, and you know he's a freshman, but he's obviously their best offensive lineman. Do you think they are going to be able to run the football more effectively moving forward, or do you think that is just a blip on the radar, Ron? I think they're going to try. I mean, I think I, I really like Josh Williams. I've always liked Josh Williams. When you have a walk-on, it's kind of – he just shows up. And I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a game Josh Williams has been in where he really hadn't, hadn't done the job. Uh, not flashy. He gets the tough yards in between the tackles. Uh you know, he's, he's a workhorse, so to speak. Uh, I, I, he's one of those backs where you, 
you know, look at the depth chart and you say, you know, well, he's, you know, he'll be our third guy, third, fourth guy. But it, it turns out that Kelly has found value in him. He's found consistency in him. He's found a guy who not only runs, but pass protects, uh, which is why he was given a game ball this past weekend. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, they just need to keep getting, you know, not go backwards at this point offensively that they can't afford to go backwards. Uh, and Ole Miss this week, open date, uh, and then Alabama, they can't afford to go backwards at this point. I mean, that was a, a huge step forward for their offense. And it kind of showed everybody what this offense can be, what this team can be if it, uh, if it stays on this track. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. It, it, it took this long to get to, you know, in, you know, seventh game of the year to figure out how to, how to throw the ball downfield, but it, it is what it is. We're able to run the football. Jaden looked good, six touchdowns. Now, he's not going to score six touchdowns every week. We know that. But it also seemed like he's really worked on developing chemistry with Kayshawn Butte. And we've heard both of the players talk about what they've been doing to work on that. And Kelly talked about that. That could be a game changer for this offense with Butte being focused, involved, and Daniels and him being on the same page and developing some chemistry. Right. It's nice, you know, it's nice to know that Daniels finally knows, you know, Boutte's jersey number. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the first third down conversion of the game was probably the, the, one of the biggest plays for LSU because it showed Daniels scrambling and he he and he looks for Boutte and finds him for like like a forty yard gain, a, a nice gain that kind of opened the door for both of them. Like, hey, but this can work if the guy looks for me, uh, and just kind of flowed from there. Uh, it's one of those things where I think Butte has to keep working to get open. Daniels has got to uh, keep looking for him, realizing, you know, he, uh, if I get the ball near him, he may catch it. I mean, that's just the way this guy is. So hopefully moving forward, that'll continue. Like I said, they they, uh, they, they can't afford to go backwards this week. Uh, uh, Ole Miss is a team that you can put points on. Uh I mean, even Auburn put a, a nice chunk on them. I think, I think Benny may have put 28 maybe after the fact, but it's a, it's a team that you, you can't score on. And so you're, the whole thing with Ole Miss is you, you just have to stop them. Uh, honestly, I mean, I know Ole Miss is undefeated with number seven nation, but I don't know even if Ole Miss fans know how good this team is. I mean, it, it's had a, a crummy schedule. Uh, well, the, maybe the weakest schedule of all the top ten teams. Uh, they beat Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, who fired their coach. Tulsa, Kentucky was a good win. Vandy and Auburn. I mean, I think this. I think some Ole Miss fans are nervous, wondering how good this team is. And then, I think they'll find out this weekend in Baton Rouge. I mean, if their team is a legit, you know, undefeated top ten team. Undefeated top ten team comes to Death Valley. It's uh, another opportunity for the Tigers to get uh, a signature win. I like the, what they did against Mississippi State and the fact that they beat Auburn on the road, came back and did that and beat Florida on the road. But this is an opportunity for a signature win, a top 10 victory here. Didn't get it done against Tennessee. Now they're welcoming Ole Miss, who is appears to be vulnerable, even though they're undefeated, as you said, Ron. Ole Miss, though, can run the football like a service academy. How do you game plan against that if you're LSU? Because you know they're going to pound the rock. 
And Dart does have ability to throw the ball, but he's wildly inconsistent, right? And they've slowly brought him along as the starting quarterback in Lane Kiffin's offense. What's the game plan if you're the Tigers Saturday afternoon? I'd make him throw it to beat me. I I I I, I really key more to stop the run. Make him make him throw it to beat me. Uh, I mean, I think that they've been proving themselves as a, they really proven themselves as a running team. Uh, Got a freshman running back. He's maybe the best one in the conference. I think he's second in the league in rushing. But I'd make him throw the ball uh, and see what how good Jackson Dart really is. Uh, I, I don't, you know, he may be as good, but I haven't seen it yet as his predecessor, uh, Matt Corral. I thought Matt Corral was lights out. Jackson Dart, you know, I think he's good, but how good is he? Again, I don't know how good he is because of the schedule they played. And I, there's a lot of games I watched them. They, they didn't close out people. They, Tulsa was still hanging around against them. They close, didn't really close Tulsa out. Uh, you know, Auburn put up a fight last week with them. Uh, so I think there's still some – I think even within the Ole Miss fan base, there's some questions on how good this team is. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're fought up enthusiastic. We're unbeaten. But uh, – who have we really played besides Kentucky? So you you keep circling around this. So I'm just going to put you on the spot. You like LSU to win on Saturday, then? I really think this is a game that LSU can win. It wins. Uh, and uh, I I picked Florida last week by six, and I was wrong on that. And the week before, I got it right. But uh, LSU's played Ole Miss before these games in Tiger Stadium. With Ole Miss has been unbeaten in top ten. I, Forgot it was like five or six years ago. LSU won the game. I think it was ten to seven. It was a, it was a tight game. Uh, if, if LSU just comes out and and really offensively turns it loose, uh, you know they could win in another shootout. I mean, I don't have. I, I as much as I want LSU to stop the run. Uh, I just still don't have a lot of faith in their pass defense. I don't think their pass defense is very good. Uh, guys are still beating guys deep anytime they feel like it. Uh, this is not a the, the secondary is very average, and maybe maybe Ole Miss wants to try to feast on that and, and tries to go after that first. But they'd be they'd be dumb not to try to run the ball first. Uh, but I and of course LSU cannot self destruct. Listen, I'm to the point. I'm so to the point. LSU just needs to just drop nobody back to return punts. Just let the ball bounce. Let the ball bounce. <laughs> Have nobody back there. Just, just somebody starts to, if somebody starts to go back, no, 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 no. Stay right here. <laughs> let, the ball, let the ball bounce. Just, okay, man, good. man says We're just good. let the ball bounce. Oh. This should be a, be a T-shirt. Let the ball bounce. Brother, it's great advice. I hope you have a tremendous weekend. Be nice to uh, our, our my guy, Matt Miguez. He's going to be covering the game for us uh, on Saturday afternoon. So if you see him in the press box, uh, give, him, give, him, give him a little hell, but also, you know, he, he may look like a lost puppy, so you may need to help him out. Well, I'll tell him to let the ball bounce. And, uh... <laughs> It's uh, today is Wednesday the nineteenth. Oh yeah, 
I got a cruise coming up on next Thursday, so I'm good. Okay. So that's right. That's, so you will be available next Wednesday? Uh, next Wednesday, yeah. But next Thursday, I'm, uh, I'm on a boat. All right, bud. We'll talk to you next Wednesday then, brother. I'm going to go around the Gulf to see if I can find LSU special teams anywhere. Maybe on a raft somewhere. <laughs> Maybe you can find a new special teams coach. Got to let you go, bud. <laughs> talk to you next week. Well, we got to take a time out, wrap up hour number two. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Martin has chimed in. He says, I mean, you watch Dancing with the Stars. I think you can survive Purple Hearts. So, obviously, that's a show that you and Martin both love you guys have so much in common five names stop it <laughs> purple heart is a movie <laughs> i can't help myself ralph said my testosterone levels are dropping by the minute not to worry bud dancing with the stars conversation is over for the rest of the day foodie poll question of the week is our poll question of the day every wednesday what's your favorite of these four halloween candies Right now, 38% say Snickers, 36% say Twix, 18% say Milky Way, and 8% say Three Musketeers. Keep those votes coming and keep those comments coming as well on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll share them in hour number three of today's show. Hour number two done. Hour number three, we'll kick it off with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. That's coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three has arrived here on this slightly brisk Wednesday morning for RP3 and company. We've had a good show so far. We've talked Yankees punching their ticket to the ALCS. They'll face off with the Astros yet again. Astros have eliminated the Yankees in the postseason in 2015, 17, 19. Can they get over the hump against the Astros? And can Houston, who got a scare from Seattle and won that series in spite of Jose Altuve going hitless and Justin Verlander looking mortal, can they get back to another World Series? Because during this run, which is a tremendous run of six straight ALCS appearances, the World Series have been every other year. They've never gone back-to-back. So Yankees, Astros should be a blockbuster ALCS over in the NLCS, which began yesterday. Phillies take game one of that. Wheeler was dealing, absolutely. Harper and Schwarber hit monster home runs. They only got three hits, but two of them were home runs. And that was enough as they shut out the San Diego Padres. Game two of that series will be today as well. So we talked baseball. We talked our foodie poll question of the week, which is all about Halloween candy. We'll do so again in about 20 minutes from right now. 
But at this moment, it's time for us to talk Raging Cajuns. Coach Dez's team went on the road to one of the toughest places to play, and they got themselves a quality win against a quality opponent. Special teams rose to the occasion. Defense and offense, all three phases, probably the best game they've looked from start to finish all season long. Now they can build upon that and get things going for the back half of the season. To talk about the Raging Cajuns is the longtime voice of UL Athletics is our good friend, Mr. Jay Walker. Jay, good morning to you, brother. How are you today, bud? I'm I'm doing fine, and the Astros are not going to have a problem with the Yankees. Ooh, I like that. I like that. They the Astros are a little bit in the Yankees' head heads, right? It just, oh, you think? Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Now, I, I did I did mention this earlier. They do have some new guys on the team that weren't part of those playoff eliminations, right? Garrett Cole, who used to pitch for the Astros. You know, they got Rizzo from the Cubs, who's won a World Series. So they've added a couple pieces of guys that have playoff experience and don't necessarily have the Astros living in their heads. But they're also still managed by Aaron Boone, who I'm not really sold on being a, a, well, a, a guy. I'll, 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 I'll say this. You know, they may have all of those new people, but guess what? When they played this year, the Astros worked them. Yep. Yeah. And worked them badly. So, so no, I don't think Houston's going to have a problem with that. You know, as as a fan, I wish both of those teams would lose, but they can't. <laughs> so I'm just telling you who's going to win. Um, I take an old stance. Before we get to Cajuns, I want to ask you this, Jay. So I, okay. I'm I take the stances that. I never root for a team in my own division or among my own conference. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm like, I'm not the SEC chant guy, right? I just, if my team's not in it, I'm not rooting for the other team in my division. And, and in baseball, it's even more so. Like, there's going to be no scenario where I'm rooting for the Phillies. I'm a Braves fan. Not only did they eliminate me, eliminate my team, but they're in my own division. I'm not going to root for the Mets. I'm not going to root for the Phillies. No way that you're rooting for the Padres, right? That is correct. There we go. There we go. We're on the same page. Now, what's the what's the what's the uh, the poll question? I haven't seen it. All right, bud. We've been we're doing like countdown for Halloween candy and and everything like that. Okay. So this week, it's what's your favorite of these four candies? Is it Snickers, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, or Twix? Uh, Snickers. There we go. That's actually leading the vote as well. That's Jay Walker okay. approved poll question. By the way, there you are. All right, bud. I thought it was the most complete game from start to finish that the Cajuns played. It wasn't a perfect game, but I felt it was their best game from start to finish. They're taking down Marshall. What's the biggest takeaway you took from that game? Um, well, I, you know, I agree with you about the complete game. Um, I, I still think they can play better, uh, but it was the most complete game that they played. You know, what I'm taking away from the game is, once again – they were better in game six than they were in game five. Yep. And they were better in game five than they were in game four. You know, I thought they took a step forward despite the loss to South Alabama. And I, and I think you agreed with me. And I, uh, and I think they took another step forward. Now, you know, they need to keep getting better. But the good news is, you know, this is, this is two weeks in a row that I've seen significant improvement in this football team. And, you know, it's 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 all about, and, and you know, the coaches have always said this, regardless of the sport. 
It's always about the process of getting better. And I think the process is working because this team is getting better. I would agree with that. And the other thing that I, that I kept talking about on the air when they went through their little skid was this. It takes time. This is Coach Dez's first year. They lost a ton of talent from the year before. And even though you practice and you have spring ball and you have fall camp and all that stuff, nothing, all that pales in comparison to actually building team chemistry during a season. And you're starting to kind of see this team improve from week to week. They're starting to play to their potential. And that's why I told everyone when they were freaking out, it's a long season. And by the yeah. way, the Sun Belt is wide open. It, uh, yeah, that's true. And and Mike even referred to, uh, and I don't remember if it was during his uh, his press conference Monday or on his radio show Monday night, talked about the fact that the chemistry is coming together now with this football team. So I think you're spot on with that. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at, they had a, what I thought was a very poor performance against Rice, okay? Yes. Then against ULM, three plays beat them. You know, ULM hit two big plays on offense, and then you had the bad snap on the punt that gave them the football at the eight-yard line. So three plays beat them. Uh, and, if, and if any one of those three plays don't happen, the Cajuns win that football game. Um, I actually thought they were better against ULM than they were against Rice. And then they were better against South Alabama, considerably better, than they were against ULM. And then they were better against Marshall than they were uh, against South Alabama. So, you know, we got a trend coming here. And now we get to see if they can uh, continue to get better because this team can get better. And they're going to need to get better. Um, but, I, but I like the trend that I've been seeing. What did you make of Ben Woolridge's performance on the road? Solid. You know, he, yeah. he, he played really for the first time, and maybe it's because he knew he was going to have to be the guy and that he, that he wasn't coming out for any reason except injury. But he, but he played with, the, with the, the, the most confidence I've seen him play. He looked very sure of himself. Um, I think he can play better. I think he needs to play better. But I thought, I, I thought it was a solid performance by him. The other thing that stood out to me was what a great game for Kenny because we know what his potential is. We've seen it the last couple of years. And he had a, a, a you know, bad start to the season, right? A rough start for a kicker. And a lot of times kickers can get in their own heads and it kind of just derails their season and derails their career. We've seen it over and over again. The fact that Dez went to him and said, hey, we got a long kick here. It's 52 yards. And Kenny's like, I got it. And he goes out there and boots it. I thought it was a great game for him. And if you can have Kenny perform at that type of level, he is a weapon for this team to win close games down the stretch. You know, first of all, I, I love Kenny Almondaris. I mean, I think he's just a great young man. He smiles all the time. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, his teammates love him. And, you know, he's had, he's had quite the roller coaster. I mean, he came, he was, uh, he was the backup to Snyder, and then he won the job. And then he won the job last year, and then he had an injury that could have ended his entire career. That's right. Um, and, and he did the rehab, he did the work, and then he didn't win the job in fall camp. Uh, and then he was given another chance. And what does he do? He misses his first two kicks. Then he hits the 51-yarder, 
So now he's got confidence, and now he goes out and nails three, and and now he he feels like he's going to make every kick. Uh, and I'm just really happy for him. Um, I, I interviewed him during uh, Coach uh, Coach Des's show the other night, and I just love that kid, man. I, I I love the fact that he smiles all the time. He's just a he's a happy dude. We're talking with a happy dude, Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns here on RP3 and Company. All right, they get the win to get back on track. Now they have Arkansas State, which I find to be one of the more fascinating rivalries that they have. Uh, you and I have seen numerous games between these two that are just kind of weird, right? They just <laughs> they have some of the most weird, bizarre things happen in them or endings. Uh, I always remember a couple years ago at Cajun Field where Arkansas State thought they had won the game on the fumble. Right. And then they had to get them off the field and then bring them back onto the field. And then the Cajuns end up winning it. And there was jawing afterwards. This is a sneaky, good little rivalry game. Butch Jones, his team's going to be coming to Cajun Field. What, what, what can we expect to see from the Red Wolves? I think you're going to see, first of all, a very improved football team. They weren't very good last year. Right? That's correct. Uh, yeah. In fact, they weren't good at all. And yet, uh, the Cajuns went up to Jonesboro and 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 abused them so much that they got out of there with a one-point win. Um, you know, it's there, but they're a lot better. Okay. They know their, who their quarterback is now. Uh, and Blackman's having a good year. The impressive thing about Blackman is he throws the ball a lot. He's only been picked one time this year. Um, I, I still think they would like to run the football better than they do. So the Cajuns for that matter. Um, but, but I find them improved. I still don't think they're a great defensive team, but they're better. They were just abysmal defensively last year. But they're better now. They're still not where they need to be, but they're better. The problem Arkansas State has is they have a depth problem. They're not a very deep team at all, and that's why you have seen them give up their milk in the fourth quarter on more than one occasion this year. This team is just worn down, and the other team's depth has taken over. We saw that happen against Southern Miss last week, but it's not the only time we've seen that with Arkansas State. Um, but I think for three quarters, they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be a very, very tough opponent. And look, in the last 20 meetings, the Cajuns have won 13, Arkansas State has won seven. Uh, 11 of the games have been one score games and the Cajuns are nine and two in those one score games. So if, if anybody thinks the Cajuns are going to go out and just, just roll this Arkansas State team, I don't think that's going to happen. I expect it to be a very close game. I expected it to be decided in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, the one thing that the Cajuns have had going for them all year long, and that's the ability to take the football away, may not be one of the scenarios this week. So I, I think the Cajuns will have to play better football this Saturday than they did last Wednesday if they're going to come out with a win um, because uh, you're not going to be able to depend on takeaways because Arkansas doesn't give it away much. And I called them Arkansas. I'm sorry, Arkansas State. Let me ask you this. This game, you know, you said they're going to have to play better. What do you think is one of the wrinkles that we may see from this team that popped up in the Marshall game that we could see the Cajuns use again to their advantage against Arkansas State on Saturday, Jay? Well, I, I think that the, the Cajuns will and need to run the football better than they did. 
you know, I think Ben gives them a little weapon there. You know, I thought I thought the quarterback draw and third down when they were driving was the best play call I've seen this year. I mean, nobody was expecting it. And and Ben got, I think, 14 yards on third and 10. Um, but you're going to get Chris Smith back this week. I don't think he's going to be 100%, but but uh, but he's probable is what he's been called. And uh, I, I think that they're going to need to do a better job running the football than they did last week. And I also think that the Cajun secondary, who I think has played great football most of the year, they're going to get tested because Arkansas State not only likes to throw it, but they like to really throw it. Uh, they like to throw it around, and they like to go down the field with it. And they've got some very capable receivers. So those are the things I'm looking at. I think the Cajuns need to run it better, and, I'm, and their, their secondary has got to answer the call because they are really going to get tested this week probably more than they have at any time this year. Jay, appreciate you, Tom, as always, brother. I'll see you at Cajun Field up there in the box on Saturday, my friend. Enjoy your next couple of days, bud. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Go Cajuns. It's Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, joining us here. Look, I, I do feel like this team has improved week to week. And Jay's right. A couple of plays determined the ULM game. They played better against South Al. They played better against Marshall. I feel like this team is starting to ascend, if that makes any sense. And if they do that and they take a little bit, they take a step and they play just a little bit better than they did last week, I think they're going to beat Arkansas State and they're going to win two in a row. And all of a sudden we're going to look at this team a little bit differently. We got to take a timeout. When we return, it'll be time for the foodie poll question of the week round table. Hannah Five Names, Moses Campos, Steve Wiley, and yours truly. We're going to talk Halloween candy. That's next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Alexa and The Game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, The Game, Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Oh, who doesn't want to watch one of the most buzzed-about sequels of the year? Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We have tickets. That's right. You can win tickets to go see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. You just got to simply send a text message. It's that simple. I could even figure it out. I know you can. Text Panther, the word Panther, to 337-283-8100. Once again, that's 337-283-8100 for your chance to score a spot for two on our guest list for a private showing of Black Panther Wakanda Forever at Celebrity Theaters in Broussard on November the 10th. Once again, text the word PANTHER to 337-283-8100 to win tickets for Black Panther Wakanda Forever brought to you by The Game, Celebrity Theaters, and Sherman Insurance. Poll question of the day on Wednesday is always our foodie poll question of the week here on RP3 and Company. Last week we did Halloween candy. This week we're doing Halloween candy. Guess what? Spoiler alert. Next week we'll be more about Halloween candy. Our foodie poll question of the week is, what's your favorite of these 
these four Halloween candies right now leading the vote with 39%. I'm sorry, change that. 40% of the vote now is Snickers, 36% going to Twix, 17% to Milky Way, 7% for Three Musketeers. Let's get to some more comments. JPK, the OD, says, if we're going to go off the rails and ignore the premise of a limited list, I retract my vote for Twix. I'd like to go on the record and question the vitality of this poll for its exclusion of Reese's peanut butter cups. This exclusion shows gross negligence and reeks of nefarious intent. That's fellow Seattle Mariners fan, JPK, the OD. Yeah, yeah, great. Glad we're all following instructions, children. Brad says, of those four, it's Snickers, which is in the lead in my Twitter feed. Let's get to some more comments. Ton says, bashing candy because the M's got eliminated. It'll be okay. Ton wants to let you know it's going to be okay. Five names. It's going to be okay for you. <laughs> oh. Mr. Green says, none of y'all appreciating the airy goodness that is Three Musketeers. I guess that's because we're used to heavy food. So when y'all get Three Musketeers, I'll trade you my Twix for them, LOL. So I'm going to open it up here for our foodie poll question of the week roundtable discussion. We'll start off with the intern extraordinaire, Moses Campos. You know the four choices. I know. Snickers, Twix, Three Musketeers, Milky Way. If you had to pick one... What's your go-to, brother? Snickers. Oh, I see. See, I would pick Snickers as well, but at the age of 25, I've de- I developed a peanut allergy, which means I'm not allowed to have Snickers anymore, which makes me sad. That's, that's not cool. I mean, you look, you adjust. <laughs> you just adjusted things. Instead of peanuts, you just eat, you know, cashews or almonds. Yeah, you make the adjustment. It's not the end of the world. Then why is Hershey's Almond not on the list? That's what I'm saying. You only have four options, Steve. Once I don't, again, I don't for, care. Reese's peanut Hershey's butter cups, Almond is I mean, better. That M's guy, I mean, he's got a point. I... Y'all just ruined this segment. This will be the last <laughs> one. No more, no more foodie poll question roundtable discussion. I've explained it to everyone over and over again. It's inspired by the blind taste testing with my daughter and what she likes. That's why we pick four, you heathens, listening and in the studio with me. You should have gave her Hershey's almond then. She likes almonds. Well, then did did, did, did she blind taste it? Because the bag only had the four that we're talking about today. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) You wonder why. I I guess I'll do it on this side because I had to do with him. Twice a week. I do choose Snickers, though. You're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> well, that's true. Very good. Very good, Moses. Very good. <laughs> Watching TV references to the to the test. So Moses says Snickers because he likes to play along with the game, unlike Steve. I'm, I may have to shut off your microphone, Wiley. Hannah, I'm going to give it to you first. We're going to punish Steve and make him wait, and then we'll just be out of time like Matt Damon is on Jimmy Kimmel. So what you're going to go with with your four options? Picking out of these four, I'm going to say Twix because I love having the left and the right and seeing which ones just taste different, but they don't taste different. They taste exactly the same. Yes, because it's called a marketing strategy. Yeah, well, I don't care about marketing strategy. Yeah. It's just fun. That's great advertisement. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's memorable, right? Just Very. like Snickers. Yes. Because Snickers, whenever you take a bite out of a Snickers, 
the camera just stays like right there. But like a Twix, it always like elongates when you try to take a bite out of it. So you're, like you're like there's like a, a connector between what you kind and the of Twix. Snickers, are you eating? <laughs> Apparently, ones oh that boy. don't elongate their a caramel. Stale Snickers. Can there be a stale Snickers? I don't know. Sounds like I one. don't think they stay on the shelf long enough to get stale. <laughs> I don't think they do. That's a pretty popular candy bar. Yeah. So you're going with Twix. That's yes. your go-to of these four. Mm-hmm. Moses says Snickers. You say Twix. Wild man. Steven, This go. was a hard choice for me. Um, because I got to tell you, I love both Snickers and Twix. But, you know, Hannah Five Names raised a great point about the left-right thing. And being that she and I are both lefties, um, that and and the thing about the caramel, I, I got to go with Twix. Just sold it. Just sold it. So great we have, salesman right here. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. No free ads, but I got the, free ads in there. The sarcasm. Bridge? <laughs> the sarcasm from Moses anytime he deals with Hannah is reminiscent of Hannah dealing with Lewis, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's very much similar. a Hannah Lewis uh, yes. comparison right here. Yes. Parallel right here. If I could have Snickers, I'd probably choose Snickers. But I love a Milky Way. And I, I look, I, I do. I love all four of them, as evident by the bag that we bought to hand out for Halloween that now is not available to be handed out for Halloween because <laughs> we put a hurting on it there at the parks compound. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. But I just, I, I, of those four, I just love Milky Ways. I, I just do. When I, when I was younger, I would always prefer a Three Musketeer. And I know you say they're gross and you yeah, hate I don't them. Care for them no. I always liked a Three Musketeer. Um, and I always liked it because it was a little bit like Mr. Green pointed out, Jamie did, that they're a little bit lighter. So, like, if I got done with baseball practice and I wanted, like, a candy bar or something like that on the way from, I would just have a Three Musketeers because it wouldn't be heavy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I, I like that. But I prefer Milky Way because I'm a big caramel guy. Yeah, but they also, they have, like... Now going off the rails now, but like if they're gonna go and you get to have like Reese's, they make a two pound peanut butter cup. Oh I've gotten God. it for our Valentine's Day one year. It was so good. That's it took me much. like a month to eat it. But like if you get a, if you have an option of a two pound of three musketeers, you're gonna go three musketeers or you go a two pound thing of like Milky Way. Neither, just get the regular size. Yeah, and it shows some self control. Yeah, that's well, too much. What's that? That's too much. <laughs> What's that's way too much. <laughs> I mean, can we go ahead and just say because we keep Reese's peanut butter cups gets being brought up, right? Yes, it's my favorite candy. It's <laughs> well, it is. Look, candy. I can't eat peanut butter. I know, and it sucks for you. Oh, that's the best. It is the best. That's the best, especially when you can't get a Reese's, and so like you do what I do, where we were somehow we had a bunch of like Hershey's chocolate bars. And so I just took the tub of peanut butter and I just broke them in half and made it as like a little Reese's for myself. It I used, really I used to eat peanut, peanut butter right out the jar just with a spoon. Yeah. I, I can still do, that. do. I still do. And I'll do. I put a little bit of sugar on top of it too. Oh, what? Yeah. No. What? It was a great afternoon snack. <laughs> Luckily, I had control. I don't have control of my mic. Ha ha, oh, suckers. Oh, so we have votes for two Twix, two for Twix, one for Snickers. One for Milky Way. We all can agree Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is undefeated. Yeah, right? reigning champion. So, and, and that's why right I don't there. think it should be part of the poll question next week. Because it's going to win. No matter what we put up as other options, if we put Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, it's going to be, it's going to win, it's going to be runaway. Yeah. So we'll, we won't add, have there to put it on the There wouldn't even be a point question. to doing that poll. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be a point because. If there was a peanut butter one, then you would do what Payday said had 
We'll, we'll keep up bringing paydays, but we haven't talked like you know, we haven't done Reese's peanut butter cups. We haven't. Um, I'm trying to think of what else we we haven't. Kit Kats, which are always oh. really popular oh. during I love Kit Kats. during I love Kit Kat. Halloween, right? So m- maybe we pick the four heavy hitters, like the four best, the four favorite. Yeah. Of Halloween candy. I think we do a draft. We have like a, a, a <laughs> candy you know, draft. Like a, a candy draft. A candy First draft. overall. Yeah, we'll like all have five options. You get five five rounds. Yeah, but we don't have five options on the poll question for Twitter. No, you don't have to do that. We'll just do it ourselves. Do a video. Oh, okay. We could do something on social. All okay. right, that's going to do it for our foodie poll question of the week roundtable discussion. Thanks to the wild man, Steve Wiley. I just joked. He's only half a heathen. <laughs> the intern extraordinaire, oh, only knew. <laughs> Moses, who I love having around because it reminds me of when we had Hannah as an intern and how much saltiness she used to give Lewis. That dynamic is great for the show and great for the station, by the way. Thank you. And she still puts sugar on peanut butter. <laughs> That's just disgusting. <laughs> and the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five <laughs> names. We got to take a time out when we return. It'll be time for the Big Easy Blitz. Uh, We'll be talking with Andrew Juge of the Saints Half Hour Podcast. That's next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Houdan is ready for Saints talk. The give to Camara. Breaks through. Spins at the two. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour podcast joins us now on RP3 and Company for the Big Easy Blitz. Good morning, bud. How are you? Reminded yesterday that we're an award-winning podcast of the year, uh, thanks on something that came in the mail. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so things are good. There it is. You are the award-winning <laughs> LSWA Best Podcast award-winning Saints Happy Hour podcast. Bud, before we dive into the Saints, you know, um, we have our foodie poll question of the week, which we do every Wednesday, my friend. And we've been doing Halloween candy. We did like sour candy last week. This week, it's what's your favorite between these four Halloween candies? Snickers, Three Musketeers, Milky Way, or Twix? Which one you're going with? Okay, well, first of all, to me, this is pretty easy to narrow it down to two. Snickers and Twix easily in the top two. Uh, and you know, as much as I like Snickers, the nougat for me is a little bit weird. Always. I kind of like the biscuit and the caramel mix there. So I I think I go with Twix, uh, but it's close. It's real close. All right, bud. I like that. Also, we talked a little dancing with the stars recap. Hannah and I did earlier and someone on, on commented on the poll question. Um, they, they apparently weren't a big fan of it. Uh, shout out to Tim. He said, what segment is the bold and the beautiful and as the world turns update, with a facepalm emoji. So I'm thinking that should inspire us to then also bring that into the show. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm not familiar with any of that stuff. Uh, my wife watches a lot of that stuff. And when she does, I typically go downstairs and watch football. So uh, I can't tell you much about it, honestly. I was I watch- worried you were going to ask me a question about Dancing with the Stars because I was going to be completely out of my element. It's a compromise in the parts household, my friend. Say, so I, I, I track Monday Night Football on the phone. And the daughter, who's into dancing in her fifth year of dancing, gets to watch Dancing with the Stars with her mom. So, you know. And I, and I get to sit in the recliner and still be in the room, but I just pay attention to my phone for an hour. 
that. Yes, yes. Um, all right, let's let's get to it. Uh, I've tried to make things light and trying to, you know, uh, <laughs> distract me from reality. <laughs> distract you from the reality that is the New Orleans Saints. I was told, and we believed that this was going to be a dominant defense that this team was going to be led by its defense because the defensive coordinator was going to become the head coach, and you had Cam Jordan, and you had David Onyemata, and you were adding the Honey Badger, and you were adding Marcus May, and you had Marshawn Lattimore, and your Paulson Adebo was going to take a step in year two, and you draft Elante Taylor. And yet, here we are six weeks in. I rarely ever see David Onyemata make plays. The linebackers are great. Pete Werner looks like the next great linebacker for the Saints. But Tyron Matthew, no show. Marcus May, been hurt and inconsistent. Marshawn Lattimore, even before he got hurt, wasn't very good. And Paulson Adebo looks lost. The defense was supposed to be the strength of this team, Andrew. And last week, they scored 26 points and lose because the defense, I believe, didn't do its job. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I thought this was a Pelicans. Look, I'm wearing my Pelicans hoodie for opening night today. I thought that's who we were talking about. I don't, I don't know who this other team you're talking about is. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, I, I think the biggest disappointment that I would say through six weeks is it has to be the defensive line. Uh, we've had moments from Cam Jordan, and I think overall Cam Jordan has looked like Cam Jordan. But other than that, you have a half sack from Marcus Davenport in six games. You have a half sack from Carl Granderson, who they gave a pretty nice contract to in the offseason through six games. Uh, through six games, Onyemata has a half sack. And we really haven't seen anything from these role players, Contavious Street, Shy Tuttle, uh, Tano Passigno, some of these, uh, Peyton Turner, your first-round pick, some of these other guys that were supposed to at least be role players to create depth, make plays here or there, flash for you. We've really seen nothing from those guys. And so I think the play up front defensively has maybe been the most alarming uh, certainly the injuries in the secondary ha have created their own host of problems and uh, the tackling at, at the second level has been really poor. So, yeah, I, I do think that's the thing through six games. It stands out. Unbelievably, this team is ranked number six in the league in offense. And when you consider that Michael Thomas has been out, Jarvis Landry's been out more recently, they've been missing Alave. Their starting quarterback is out in this last game. They lost Adam Troutman and, and Andrews Pete, two other starters. So, as many guys as they're missing on offense, Raymond, they're number two in the NFL in yards per carry, which is an unbelievable statistic. But they've rushed for almost 500 yards the last two weeks, and they're not winning games because the defense is giving them away. And so, yeah, it's it's really surprising. It's really disappointing. And I think while the offense has found the rhythm, it's been a consistent theme this year that the Saints just don't play complementary football. I listened to Pete Carmichael and I also listened to Ryan Nielsen speak to the media yesterday. And they very much sound like their head coach, Dennis Allen, where we're getting the same themes over and over again. Well, we just need to work on this. Or, you know, uh, I, we just, uh, you know, it, they there's no sense of urgency when they speak about this team in this season. And on one hand, I can go, all right, I'm down with that approach. You want to try to be calm, cool, and collected, right? Because the reality is you have one team in the NFC South, NFC North, and NFC West that stands right now has a winning record. That's Minnesota. That's it. 
No one else has a winning record in those three divisions. So the NFC is wide open. The division is wide open. Tampa looks like trash. But on the same hand, I feel like there should be more of a sense of an urgency when it comes to this team and its leadership, Andrew. And I don't know if it's there. I'm really glad you mentioned that. I think you're really spot on uh, because I've noticed it too. And, and I think on some level, complacency is the word that I keep going back to. And, and it really started from the decisions that were made at final cuts. Uh, when you looked at some of these guys, it, it just felt very safe how they filled the back end of their 53-man roster. Calvin Throckmorton, Zach Bond, um, you go up and down the roster, Tano Passanio, some of these backups – that have been on the team before. There were no surprises. It felt very safe. And, and to me, this was kind of furthering a culture, a winning culture that already existed and not a lot of reinventing the wheel. And I feel like at every turn, that's kind of been the approach. It's just like, oh yeah, we're, we're a winning team. We continue to win. So why would we stop doing what we've been doing? But I, I think that's one thing that Sean Payton was so great at is constantly reinventing himself because you have to in the NFL, you have to evolve with each season, it's a different team and things change. And I think maybe most significantly to me, Raymond, if I look at Blake Gillikin and that punt that he had in that game, oh right God. or wrong. And look, I'm not saying that necessarily Dennis Allen has to be Sean Payton. I think in some, some regards, it's kind of like Jameis Winston and Drew Brees, where it's unfair to compare someone to the guy that was so successful before him. This is his own deal and he should be his own person. But I think too many times the decisions have been safe and maybe based on a regime that made decisions in previous years. And I just feel like if that punt had happened with Blake Gilkin, right, wrong, or indifferent, the next day, Raymond, Sean Payton would have brought in different punters. And it wouldn't have been that he didn't believe in Gilkin. It wouldn't have been that he thought Blake Gilkin was a bad player. It would have been to send a message to the rest of the roster, because let's be honest, cutting a punter that makes a minimum salary – is the lowest hanging fruit and it's the least possible cost to your team, but it still sends the message of you screw up in a critical situation, doing something that we all view as routine. You're not going to have a job anymore here. And it creates a lack of comfort around the building. Whereas honestly, at, at times I just feel like this building is too comfortable. We're talking with Andrew Juge of the saints happy hour podcast. He joins us here on RP three and company for the big easy blitz. I also look at this team last week I love the game plan you're leaning on the running game it's the strength of the yard offensive line I've argued that for three years now that they're better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking you had complimentary passing to go along with it Dalton once again doesn't look great but doesn't look awful he's somewhere in between right and and he's a backup quarterback starting you had missing your top three top four wide receivers all out and you're making plays and then the fourth quarter happens and all of a sudden that changes and you I don't know what happened I don't know if Pete just started getting tight or if Andy got tight or whatever it may be but you know you had a guy that scored on a 44 yard end around in the game and you didn't give him the ball the rest of the game and the fourth quarter comes and it's three and out you pick up one first down that game may be over if you don't shake the punt it may be over right I, I just it's those little things that you're seeing from the Saints team. And when things got tight, they play, they they opened up the door and let Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase walk right through. Well, you know, I think 
when Andy Dalton's your quarterback, uh, you need you need to play. You need to protect him. You need to help him, and that that requires a good running game, which I thought the Saints had. Fortunately, on that day, it's hard to complain too much about the yards they put up, the points they put up, when you consider what they were up against. Again, their top four receivers out, as you mentioned, their quarterbacks out, and uh, they lost Troutman and Pete during the course of that game. So you're down a lot of starters. And to put up 26 points and move the ball and have rhythm offensively, that's a big deal. So, honestly, I think things offensively went about as good as you could have hoped in that game. That was probably the best-case scenario, all things being considered. Uh, but bad teams find ways to lose games. That, that, that's the bottom line. And, yeah, I think you could certainly re- revisit sometimes. I think on some level we maybe see Andy Dalton's limitations a little bit in that final two minute drive where, you know, it's really then about the quarterback kind of elevating the team, putting the team on his back and making plays. And I don't know that Andy Dalton's capable of that. Andy Dalton's very much a game manager, a guy that will be effective, efficient with the football. And if he has complimentary football, if he has a defense that's playing well and a run game that's supporting him, then he's not going to lose you the game, but I don't know that he can win you the game either. So I, I think in that situation, maybe, that shined a light on some of his limitations a little bit. Um, but I thought, uh, to me, the biggest story in this game, Raymond, was just Cincinnati had a very simple plan. They, they threw the ball 40 times. They ran the ball 14 times. Uh, they were not going to let their poor offensive line lose this game for them. So they, they didn't try to run the ball. And all of their passing was short, precision passing, two to five yards, let the receiver make the catch, and then let him run after the catch. So for the Saints – this was a very simple thing. It came down to secondary tackling. You know, they, these receivers, they catch the short passes. You got to tackle them immediately, and hopefully that's enough to get off the field. And the tackling was so inconsistent that kudos to Cincinnati. That was the game plan they needed to win the game. And, and so I think as you go back, that's probably the most concerning thing is all you really had to do to win this game was tackle, and the Saints couldn't do it. And that's football 101. All right, bud. Only got like a minute left, but it's yours. Thursday night football against the Cardinals, Arizona. That looks like a winnable game. Kyler Murley has struggled. Do the Saints go into the desert and get a win tomorrow night? Well, I think the biggest concern is the return of DeAndre Hopkins, who's been out with the suspension. And so now he's back, and you still likely don't have Marshawn Lattimore for this game. So, you know, like Jamar Chase, I think it's going to be very difficult. It's going to come down to tackling him. Obviously, I think they're going to try to rotate some coverage over to him and take him out of the game. We know the Saints have had a lot of trouble with mobile quarterbacks in recent years, and Kyler Murray definitely qualifies. So uh, I think this presents a unique challenge for the Saints that's going to be difficult. But I think Arizona is a lot like the Saints in a lot of ways. They've been very disappointing. Uh, They've been miserable offensively. Uh, They're a team that finds ways to lose games. I think they're poorly coached, if I'm being honest. And so uh, I think this is a game that could go either way. Obviously, you don't love the return of Hopkins, and both of these teams are pretty banged up. Uh, if I look at the offensive line for the Cardinals, they're missing so many guys. Uh, you know, they're very thin up front. And this is a game where if the Saints defensive line is ever going to step up, this has to be the week. So I'm talking about Davenport, Onyemata, Cam Jordan. We talked about this at the top of the show about how disappointing they've been up front. Those are the guys that are supposed to play well for the Saints. I, I think the, you look at the offense, they're overachieving. They're doing things that we did not expect from them, especially when you consider all the injuries. It's on the defensive side of the ball that I think these guys that are getting paid good money, they're, they're not delivering. And Teron Matthew is at the top of that list. And so uh, I think, look, again, if there's ever going to be a time where the Saints dominate up front in the trenches, 
this game has to be it. And if they don't do it, then I think it tells us a lot about this team. Brother, thank you for your time. As always, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the game. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast joining us here on RP3 and Company. we got to take a timeout, our final one, to wrap up today's show. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Hey, we have two great events this week I need to tell you about. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from Twin Peaks on Thursday. That's tomorrow night. From 4 to 6, that's going to get you geared up for Thursday night football between the Saints and the Cardinals. So come hang out with the fellas. Enjoy the ice-cold beverages and tasty burgers and appetizers this Thursday night as the Saints take on the Cardinals. Once again, crunch time with Miguez and Mesh live from Twin Peaks on Johnston from 4 to 6. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. And then on Saturday, you can come hang out with yours truly, RP3, and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. From 11 to 1 at the Heritage Housing there at 3350 North Frontage Road in Jennings. Swing by and register to spin the prize wheel for a chance to score McNeese football tickets and much more. Make sure this Saturday you swing by Heritage Housing in Jennings. Come see me and swing the prize wheel so you can score free stuff. Poll question of the day. Final results on that. We asked you, which of these four candies is your go-to for Halloween? Tie is your final results. 37% each for Snickers and Twix, 20% for Milky Way, 6% for Three Musketeers. Thanks to all who voted on the poll question of the day. Also, thanks to Tiger Details' Ron Higgins, Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour Podcast, and Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, for joining us here today. That's going to do it for our show. Thanks to the intern, Moses Campos, Steve Wiley, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. I'm Raymond Parch III. We'll do it all again tomorrow. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know, with our mild winters here in Acadiana, ice cream is a treat you can enjoy year-round.